Good to be back after uh, temporary COVID COVID pause on things. How, how's the last two weeks been? Busy, man, but good to see you, man. Good to see you doing better, man. Glad to hear you know. You yeah, know. The, the, the COVID-19 hit me. Uh, I was down for about two weeks. Pretty mild symptoms, some body aches, uh, nothing, nothing too bad. But it's good to be back, and uh, this weekend we got spoiled with some sports. Let's start with Buck Saints. I love that game, man. One, just the whole seeing Brady go against Breeze, but I think the thing I want to start with is it was kind of it was kind of sad at the end of the game knowing that that might be Breeze's last game. That that part was sad, but it was it was and that he didn't have, really have a great game either, you know. But uh, the Bucks on fire, man. That defense was laying a hat towards the end, like, and that was just a really competitive game all the way up until the really very end. Yeah, I, I was tired of hearing about the Saints defense and Drew Brees all last week. I, I'm ready to actually. I'm ready for Drew to retire. I'm ready for Jameis or Taysom or whoever to step in there. Uh, I'm done with Drew Brees. Get on the flight to Boca. Go play what? golf. Go, go do go do whatever. That defense uh, and and that Bucks defense and Tom Brady marched into the Superdome and took care of business on Sunday. Tom, Mister Forty Touchdowns and 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 at forty three years old, didn't hang the moon. But the defense took advantage of a terrible game from Breeze, and and Brady and the offense capitalized on three turnovers from the Bucks D that created 21 points. Tom Brady took care of business just like he always does. Now we get into this week, and I, you know, I have to hear all week about the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers comparisons, which I don't like. Uh, listen, no matter what happens at Lambeau Field uh, Sunday afternoon, Tom Brady is the all-time better quarterback. He's thrown for almost 20,000 more more yards, has about 120 more touchdowns. Aaron is five years younger, but but the conversations were being had, so I got to chime in. Aaron has a couple more regular season records. Uh, you know, most seasons with the most 40 yard or more touchdown passes. Uh, I don't really care. Uh, Ch- Charles, what do you think about the comparison? I kind of get tired of that comparison too because both are great quarterbacks. Nobody would ever say that Drew Brees isn't a, a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, but com- Saying that Tom Brady is his lesser is I, I is, is you mean be- Aaron Rodgers? Oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Tom Brady's lesser than Aaron Rodgers, right? Some right. Do say that. Um, with with how many how many Super Bowl appearances? Nine, nine appearances. Yeah, no, six rings and nine appearances. It's 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 beyond ridiculous. Like it, it, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has won one, and he's starting to sniff his second one. You know, and, and it's not even guaranteed that he'll even get that. Yeah, and I we expect Tom Brady to be in there almost every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, their worlds and their expectations are completely different. Their worlds apart. And so not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't talented. He's well, I say I said Drew Brees earlier. I meant say Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Yeah, well, there Rodgers is a talented. case that Aaron is the more talented quarterback. I, I'm personally someone in sports, I I look at winning championships. I mean, some stats, and then and then it, I look at what every athlete shows up to do, and that's mm-hmm. win championships. And and Tom's sitting pretty at six rings, and is about to have a chance at a couple more. But let's get uh, let's get some local news with the Houston Texans. Train wreck. Marcus, start us off. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I have a couple of questions about the Texans overall. This is a state that they're in. It seems like they're about to go into a major dumpster fire coming from Mr. Charles Carter, Carter himself. Since he yep. likes saying that, I enjoy saying that oh, now, yeah. too. Uh, but, yeah, one of the questions that I'm curious about uh, the Texans is that what, what like what, what's going on? Does Deshaun Watson really want to leave? Can this relationship even be saved? Or, like what, like, what can be made from his tweets that he's been tweeting about? Or is this literally feedback, and why doesn't he come out and say, it with his chest pretty much why is he scared to say anything i think there's a bit of fun that's being had here on his end you have i mean you ever seen you ever seen uh okay whoever this is a fun little story whoever remembers kids back in uh like elementary middle school like like kids used to joke oh, i'm gonna move over here 
So this is like going to be my last day. And it was like, oh, man, we're going to miss you. You know, they kind of get that love and a little clout towards the end. You know what I mean? Not saying that's what he's playing, but I think there's a little part, too, that he's not going to just outright say I'm going to leave. Also trying to egg on and see what management's going to do and see if his, he's really going to be heard out like they said they would do. But um, for me, do I, I honestly think the way things have been going, and even though he hasn't outright said it, he kind of let things just progress naturally on their own. I think he's closer to the door than not, honestly. just That's just for me. It, it's the conversation that, that we've been having all week, the last two weeks now. And what, is, what, in, what in the world is going on with Deshaun Watson, and, and, and what is the real problem with this organization internally? I do not believe that Deshaun Watson truly wants to leave the Houston Texans, but I do believe that he could be forced to. Uh, Typically, a player in the National Football League would never have any sort of power to pick a GM uh, or or even a head coach. It's It's not like basketball. It's not a player's league. Fact of the matter is the owner of the Houston Texans organization, Cal McNair, told Deshaun in his weekly meetings towards the end of the season that he would be involved in the general manager search and would have some input in the situation. Deshaun, you know, after all, Deshaun just came off the best season of his career and the Houston Texans won four games. I mean, he does deserve some sort of input. And then contrary to Corn Ferry's entire search and contrary to the money that the Texans organization put into this search and contrary to the list of potential GMs the Texans were going to interview, Cal McNair suddenly hires New England Patriots director of personnel Nick Casario. You know, the Texans are going to keep following the Patriots' way uh, until they have to pay, what, Bill Belichick, 15 mil a year. That's probably what, you know, what it's going to come down to. They're just going to try to transfer New England to Houston. Uh we're done with it here. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want that way. You're not getting that way unless you got a piece of Tom Brady and you get a piece of Bill Belichick. Nick Casario wasn't a bad hire, Charles, but obviously Deshaun wasn't consulted about the hire. What do you think about Casario? Before I get to Casario, I'm going to talk about his hire in general. So the biggest issue with what, what Deshaun Watson so upset about, let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Rick Smith was the GM before before Bill O'Brien became the GM. He took a leave of absence to take care of his sick, his sick wife, who eventually passed, unfortunately, right? Bill O'Brien picks somebody who to, to become the GM. They become Then he fires him again. Then he becomes the GM. Bill O'Brien makes so many bad moves. I don't have to go through all of them because we already know. There is no trust with the organization. He can't trust them with his future. He can't trust them with the job he loves. So when the initial guy wants, to, the initial guy who picked you is gone. A replacement guy who you had nothing to do with, he is gone. A coach you didn't enjoy, he's gone. And then they say that, oh, we're going to involve you in something. We're going to involve you in the process. We see that you're our franchise quarterback who we've never had. We really got lucky getting him. And so we're going to give you the opportunity to be involved in your own success, right? And then they lie about it. They don't even involve him. They don't even uh, interview the one person, one one of the one people he even suggested. So... I definitely get how why he's so upset, and I think I hear people that uh, always say that, oh, you know, Deshaun Watson shouldn't be, uh, he shouldn't involve himself in the business matters. He should just kind of play football and just be satisfied with that. But you're going to feel passionately about a job you enjoy. I think Deshaun Watson likes playing Houston. I think he likes the city. I think he likes his teammates. But unfortunately, the people, the powers that be, there's no trust in between him and them. There's nothing. No, I completely agree. When we have to get over the top quarterbacks. Now, so far there's only two of them, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes has stock in the Kansas City Chiefs. He's part owner now. He makes he makes some decisions and and, and this is where the NFL is going. Some people are going to have a lot of problems with that. When you're when your highest paid player and the quarterback have the best year of, of their career, and you win four games. You know the owners. The owner has to look to that player and go, okay, what 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 do you think we need to change? At least some input. At least sitting in on conversations. And not only that, the Mount Rushmore of the Texans organization is also siding with him and not with you, the owner, Andre Johnson, JJ Watt. Well. J.J. Watt, not necessarily just out front, but I'm pretty sure he's siding with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, no, 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 that that's a bit of a confusing. The McNair Easterby, whose fault it is, I, I think it is a bit confusing. It, it wasn't like the Nick Casario 
general manager hire was a bad hire. But to not ask Deshaun, you know, Deshaun wasn't consulted and figured out on social media that he was hired. Uh, it's unacceptable. And, and it's this type of trust that you don't want to break with your star quarterback when you're talking who is coming, you know, to control personnel from here for the next five years yeah. of the Texans or however long Casario signed for. It might have been six years. That's who has control of Deshaun's personnel. So he should be, I mean, we're hoping that Deshaun plays for more than six more years, but Casario's going to make these decisions for him the next six years, and I'm not sure if Deshaun's completely okay with that. Let's move on to head coaching uh, and, and Eric Bieniemy. What, what do you think about this situation? With the NFL making that, that little, I guess, weird adaptation to the rules to just in, they can interview yeah. uh, Eric Bieniemy a little was, hour Zoom call yeah that was really really weird I, I feel like it's too late to satisfy him at this point it's the fact that granted the team couldn't do anything until that happened but I think what's uns- they spoke volumes by not saying anything by not involving you've kind of you've kind of stated how you felt and so that goes further from words, actions, and beyond than what you can do now because the NFL made a way for you to do it. You know, it, I, th- I, I, I think that's, that's more, it's more than enough evidence and more than enough things to go off of for him. Um, Eric Bieniemy. now, if they do uh, want to make him the coach, I think that that's okay. You know, people talk about Andy Reid and you know, the great offensive mind that he is and has always been and how he's kind of the front runner uh, in front of Eric Bieniemy. He's, you know, Eric Bieniemy's not really making the, uh, that's not his playbook and he's just more so picking plays to uh, out of Andy Reid's playbook to help the Chiefs succeed. Let's start, I'm, I want to say that Eric Bieniemy, I don't think he's a bad uh, offensive co- coordinator. Um, do I think he's, would be, I, th- I almost consider him the same uh around the same level as Jim Caldwell, to be honest with you. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, Jim Caldwell does have Super Bowl wins. Eric Bender has one, you know, but... Um, no, I know. I, the the uh, the experience is, is a bit in question. I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, argue. Jim Caldwell has had more years of experience, uh, but I think as far as the relative game as it is right now, I think that's a lot more uh, conducive to the future of the, in the direction the NFL is going right now no, absolutely. than how I, it used to be. I actually agree with you. I, I, I was thinking you were saying Jim Caldwell is the is the, is the the better coach than Biennemi. Oh, no, 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 no. I think no. Caldwell is old news, but I've wanted Biennemi as the head coach for the Houston Texans organization since midseason, and I do believe that it would be a good hire. And the sole reason for that right now, it's nothing special but the fact that I think it's the best chance we have of keeping Deshaun Watson. At, at this point in time, I I would think, I don't know, but I would think that Deshaun would stay if Bienemy was hired. But that get my guess was somewhat turned down by by uh, by LZ this morning. Zerline reported that it, it might it might not even matter who's hired. Um, and I've heard reports that the Bienemy deal coming here would to give him half the power of the personnel. He would have power of of a, of a roster in his first head coaching job. I, I think that's it's probably tough for Casario to uh, to hear. Uh, I would think just uh, with being in New England for twenty years to to give a first time head coach control of half the roster. I think that'd be tough, and, and some would question that. I I don't know. Bienemy is an offensive guru and a great leader of men. There's no one else that I'd want uh, to lead this team right now, and. And personally, I don't want any any defensive minds. Hey, I know Bianami can go hire a good defensive coordinator. No, yeah, I'm exhausted with defensive yeah, head no, coaches. No, we're, we're done with that here. It's time for this organi- organization to start focusing on dominating the offensive side of the ball with Deshaun Watson. Um, I've had enough of hearing about establishing the run game with Tim Kelly. All he talks about is the run. Every me- every every interview, everything, oh, established the run with David Johnson. Now, we, we've had enough of that trash. Um, I want I want the head coach of this team to be Deshaun's ears, and let's start running an air raid offense. So let's get it going. And also to add about uh, with Nick Casario, it, it will be hard for him to hear that uh, Eric Bieniemy to come in and control fifty percent of the uh, of the roster. It was already hard enough getting him and Jack Easterbury still here. I'm pretty sure that was a hard pill to swallow, and seeing how he handled Bill O'Brien and got him out the door. Like I'm, pre- there were many things that who was ever coming into the Texans organization pills they have to swallow, knowing that things are aren't going to change. We've Jack, Jack for the most part, Jack, it looks like Jack Easterbury is here to stay, and he's not going anywhere. Yeah, and and the other thing that I don't understand was obviously we know how 
BNME got connected in the first place. The first reports were that Patrick Mahomes recommended Watson, recommended BME to Houston to coach Watson. That's real recognizing the realist right there. You know, there's there'd be no reason not to trust that. And to make matters worse, after after Deshaun wasn't consulted about the GM or or any of the issues with the Texans internally, the Houston Texans organization did not include Deshaun Watson in that Zoom interview with Eric Bieniemy. I'm at a loss of words. It's the ultimate ownership elite. I want all the power. A power struggle situation. I really. I, I try to refrain from from thinking that, yeah, but, uh, but but it's right there in front of us, and and the entire city can see it. Yeah, and I don't know if you've. Uh, I think I heard Dan Olavsky talking on Get Up one time about he's talked to people in the organization, and he heard he's heard that there's a lot more to the story than we even uh, that we even know about, and so I mean. I'm, course, I'm waiting for the worst. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just I think this something really bad's gonna 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 hit the fan I, I yeah you're i think you're 100 right yeah i think something has really already been said between uh mcnair and watts i think words have already really been exchanged and i think it's just they're not gonna say it but it's already understood they, I, I think it's done i think, I think they all have smoke on each other yeah i, I just so are when you say it's like stuff's about to blow up are you about to say that watson might be gone here he won't know won't longer play for houston uh, I I think it's a surefire possibility. I, I just I don't I don't quite see any packages that I I mean obviously I I was saying in my biased Texan self I, I was saying when these reports first came out oh we're not we're not, we're not seeing any packages unless it's Watson for Mahomes like I. I really do believe that. I believe that Deshaun's that type of quarterback. The package that I put together and the and the only one uh, that I really love would be with the New York Jets. Um, the package I would put together would be Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks for Sam Darnold, the Jets' 2021 first round pick. They have the they have the number two pick in the draft. I mean, I can't believe they started winning ball games because th- this could have shaped up to us getting Trevor. But Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks for Sam Darnold, the Jets' 2021 first-round pick, the number two pick of the draft, a 2021 third-round pick, a 2022 first-round pick. There's two of them. We obviously want the higher one. And the Jets' 2023 first-round pick. I, I half-smile at this package. It, it's the only one I decently like because I, I, I was a huge Darnold hater coming out of college. But I, I really think if a great offensive mind like Biennemi received a quarterback like Darnold, I think he could evolve into something great. Obviously not Deshaun, but uh, the only interruption that in this package right now is Mike LaFleur just got to the Jets. Um, a, a pretty good offensive mind. I think the Jets are going to want to see him and Darnold together. I, I've read a couple other packages. Charles, what do you have? Here's a theory I have. Uh, I don't really, ha- I couldn't really think of any, I, this is what I think about Deshaun Watson. I think of him as a James Harden. There, there will never be enough. It will never be enough for me. Deshaun Watson is the first franchise quarterback that Houston, Texas have ever received. You know what I mean? And he's delivered every time, you know? And so I feel like you really can't even replace that. But I do see what you're saying with your packaging does make a lot of sense. Here's my theory, though about what could possibly happen. Uh, not necessarily what I want, but what I could I see, I see happening. Getting close to the draft, I see a lot of quarterbacks possibly moving around, uh, especially if this Deshaun Watson thing continues. Him, Sam Donald, Carson Wentz, and also I think the, the trigger for all that is it depends on, well, two quarterbacks really, Carson Wentz and what Dallas does with Dak Prescott. Because a team that I think will make the first move for one of these guys – kind of spark everything is the Patriots. That's the team I see uh, picking up somebody, making a trade for a Carson. Uh, Darnold. A Darnold, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's going to cause a lot of tunes to jump into action. Yeah, I, I just, I don't want uh, I don't want anything to do with the Miami Dolphins trade. I, I do not I'm hearing that too much and I don't like to it. in Houston. And the package, the possible package isn't even the max the best they can give us is just nowhere even near enough. It'd be Deshaun Watson for Tua, their 2001 first-round pick, which is which is number three in the draft. And when you look at this draft, after the one and 
after the first and second pick, for, I've no, I'm not a, I'm not on the Justin Fields train. I, I don't think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. It pretty much goes Trevor, and then there's going to be, I think a a break of offensive talent that gets drafted. I, I think some O linemen will get drafted. It, the 2021 third pick, it, it's not as valuable as some other years. Mm. And then it'd be the 2022 first in the 2023 second. It, it, yeah, it, it's nothing I'm too crazy about. So let's say that your Jets trade happens to happen, Will. Would you be okay with taking Devontae Smith as a second round pick? That's a good question. That's a great question. I would. I would. It's not what we need. I would a hundred. I would be on the fan train with that, but no, we need corners in the secondary. It's uh, in fact when we uh, we're so stripped of picks, we have to get JJ Watt out of here uh, for. We got to try for a third, a fifth, and someone's best corner. We're not going to get someone's best corner, but yeah. uh, we get. We need to ship him out and and make sure that we can get some some defensive talent late in the late in the draft because you know wide receivers don't win Super Bowls. Uh, I've been saying this for for years. If you look at the last 12, 12 to fourteen years, you, you just won't see a lot of star wide receivers in, in Super Bowls. It's just and a lot of it has to do with the way Belichick ran things. You know, I mean, mm. they went to nine Super Bowls. You know, when we're talking about the last twelve years. He, he, he plugged guys into the system. Now, Devontae Smith, my NFL comparison is either it, it is Randy Moss. Experts say Marvin Harrison, he's about, I think he's two or three inches shorter than Moss, but he's got those long arms, can't win the jump ball. I mean, he, he he's the slim reaper that he's going to be the slim reaper of the NFL. You know, that nickname in itself is showing him a lot of respect. I don't think that's where the Texans are going to go with their pick, and, and, and it's, it's certainly not what we need. Speaking of all these moves, now how likely or do, how much do we trust the Texans to actually be smart about anything that's going on? Like, if you were put in the percentage, like, yeah, they're going to be smart. No, they're not going to be smart about it. I, I don't trust these guys at all, to be honest with you. I, I don't think they have their – I don't think they know how to run a football organization. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think the Houston Texans organization is, is Cal McNair's side hustle. I, I think he's hired Jack. Now, I got to be careful about putting all the heat on Jack because Deshaun himself has still not criticized Jack Easterby publicly. Andre Johnson did, but I look, Cal McNair, like I just said, I, this is this is seemingly Cal's side hustle and he's given Jack Easterby the reins to the organization. I feel like Deshaun is, is such a pro that he looks past that. It's just Jack just stay please stay out of my way. Cal, what are you doing? You know, we had the weekly interviews. You've done nothing I've asked. Why should I give my all to this organization? We'll see in the next coming weeks. And uh, But that's going to wrap up our Texans talk. And uh, next up's the Rockets. If I told you this was only going to hurt. If I warned you that the fire's going to burn. Would you walk in? Would you let? And we are back with the break room. Charles Carter to my right, Will Doctor, and on the buttons, Marcus Castillo. Um, you can actually follow us on Instagram, the breakroom.podcast, and also on Twitter at the breakroom HOU. Let's start by getting into some Rockets. Okay, Harden is finally gone. He's played two games with the Nets. The first game, he got a triple double. Then the second game, he got a double double. Was he playing hard with the Rockets or when he got out? So let's start with the first few games James Harden played with the Rockets this season. Uh, James won it out of Houston, obviously, for the entirety of the eight games of the beginning of this season. He started off pretty hot off off the bat. First three games of the season, 44-34-33. And then he played a few games hovering around the 20. 20 point mark which is pretty okay for James Harden uh I mean it's 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 way under average uh as I should say and and he played some very lazy basketball which include included crossing his arms at half court um it's very as well as very limited uh on defense but look from a top three scorer of all time perspective 
the time had come and gone with the Houston Rockets, Charles. He was ready to get out. Uh, did that hurt his performance the first few games? Maybe. But I, I didn't see it as anything to be surprised about. Yeah, uh, those first few games kind of just struck me as just a just a disinterested guy. Like, he put up, and it's crazy, like 20 points or below. or <laughs> That should really be attributed to the greatness of James Harden. 20 points is like a, was he sick or something? You know what I mean? Like, was, did his toe hurt? You know, well, people people were saying he's he was fat, fat. Oh, that fat which suit. he wasn't. We'll get into that later. <laughs> he was thick. <laughs> nah, he was none of the above. We'll get to that later. But yeah, so um, with those games, it was. I think yeah, he was just ready to go, just trying to make there were there were better ways that he kind of could have let his wishes be known. Obviously, but. I think that was like the last, the last thing he could do, like his last card. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of what it is. What was what it was, right? The Houston Rockets were not getting through the Western Conference with the team that they decided to put around James Harden this year, uh, and it's nothing to get mad at Harden about it. This was a mutual decision to part ways. The Rockets made the best out of a terrible situation by trading James Harden. Uh, ownership and former GM Daryl Morey did everything that they could to put the talent Harden wanted around him on the court. Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. And to go back to the 2018 Western Conference Finals, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, then we're sitting here having a completely different conversation praising Harden for his great run with the Rockets uh, and the solo championship that he would have received if not for the hamstring injury that Chris Paul sustained in 2018. You know, that's not to say that that Harden didn't have chances to take over in the playoffs. Uh, His playoff numbers were down for most of the time. But uh, what do you think, Charles, about the moves, the first couple of moves that Raphael Stone has made? I think those additions were pretty good, and they've, they've turned out well. Um, I'll be honest. I wasn't. I was critical of Christian Woods before he got here. I, I thought he was coming from the Pistons, and I was the shiniest piece of trash. You know what I mean? So I'll be the first to say I was wrong. Christian Woods is a baller. You know. Also, uh, with John Wall, I. Eh. I'm holding out on my opinion with that one. I mean, he, he's he's playing he's playing really well. Uh, how his health holds out? A course, little hurt. You weren't wrong about that. He, he's bouncing in and out of the IR, but yeah. hanging in there. I hate the lower body injuries, but yeah, go on. Yeah, and so um, with with those injuries and how if he can play most of the season. I'll go double back and say this again. His last two seasons that he played don't even come; those games combined don't even add up to a full season. Not to mention the two seasons before this one, he was out. So, and this, 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 let's just remember that. Let's just remember that. No, no, no. You're right, and the same thing can be said for Victor Oladipo. I, I really think that was really part of of Harden's when Harden looked at the roster this year I, I've got to think the first thing we saw was it wasn't that it was a lack of talent but it's a brittle team our mm-hmm. acquisitions you're right John Wall Boogie Cousins getting, he's already gotten kicked out of two or three games it's a brittle team it's young it's raw and then you, you have some older guys who are brittle but moving on from the Maury era we cannot for, we we can't forget to give credit to to new GM Raphael Stone for executing his first massive trade. Christian Wood, like you said, and let's go over the Harden deal. He traded Harden to the Nets for first round unprotected picks in 2022, 2024, 2026, and the right to exchange first round picks with the Nets 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Uh, he also got Karis Levert and Rodnes from the Nets, and then shipped Levert to Indiana uh, for Victor Oladipo. And when Levert got to Indiana and and they did a uh, they did a physical, they found a mass on his liver, uh, and. and Really sad story, but he came out today and he was like, "If I never got traded, I wouldn't have known till the beginning of next season when I had gotten my next physical." So, prayers up to Karis. Uh, but but back to back to the great job that Raphael Stone has done. He pretty much cleaned up. You know, Maury gave away every pick for Russell Westbrook to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Raphael Stone pretty much cleaned up the entire mess that some would say Daryl Morey created. Now. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Anything worth getting is going to take a while. These picks are going to take a while to pan out. Hopefully they make good picks, but at least we have some sort of direction here with the Houston Rockets. Yeah, as a, as a team stands right now, I don't see any 
we have okay, we have a bunch of a few stars, no superstars. This is a superstar driven league. You have to have a superstar on your team to get to to, to make the championship. And so the the problem that I see, I see a better future in the sense that we have pieces to make a major move in the future, not necessarily right now. If we make the playoffs, I say I say we squeeze in at the eighth seed, really, maybe, and that's a big maybe. But if not, then I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a failed season because I don't really expect this roster to do too much, to be honest. And so, as the Rockets stand right now, I think it was a smart idea, and I don't know Raphael Stone's mind, but I think it was a good setup to what we could be in the future. No, no, no absolutely, and, and and like I said. It's a five to eight year process, and, and you're exactly right. I, I'm not saying that we can't sneak into the playoffs for the next five years. I, I think it could definitely happen. We I think this team can compete. As much as I, I've used the word brittle to describe this roster, we're lucky to have the group of guys in the court that we do. I think, obviously, yeah, we, we talked about Christian being an acquisition, and, and I think there's even a chance that Christian Woods and Victor Oladipo could mesh well together even longer than this season. Uh, we only have a, a sample size of one game as we record this podcast right now. Victor Oladipo put up 32 points and nine assists in his first game with the Rockets, and seven of those assists came from Christian Wood in the loss last night against the Bulls. And, and Victor had the second-highest Rockets debut since James Harden put up 37 in 2012 in his Rockets debut. Shout-out, James. I'm about to... I'm about to I'm about to get to that in a second. Like I said, seven seven of those Oladipo assists went to Christian Wood, um, and, and he looked like he was rolling well. Wood had thirty points as well, um, and 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 he continues to have a fantastic start to the season. Uh, let me let me quote Oladipo after the game. We're not trying to be a good team. We're trying to be a great team, and we have the ability to do so. We have the personnel to do so, and the coach. Now it's all about doing it and buying in every day, every possession, and playing every game like it's our last. That's the team's mentality. I'm not completely bought in that this is already where Victor's looking at for a future. I know when he was in Indiana, he was doing everything he could to get to Miami. Fact of the matter is, I don't think they really wanted him. Uh, they've got Gorin. They've got they've got none. I don't see that as being... I don't see Miami signing him. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Silas wasn't shy about using Victor last night either. Oladipo had a usage rate at 42%. That was the highest in any game for him since the 2017-2018 season when he was an all-star and led the pace to the postseason. And, and that's not likely to stay up when John Wall returns. But uh, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, LZ also talked about this morning on the bench about about Victor staying here long term. Do, do you see any chance of that? Um, no, not really. I'm, to be honest, I still think he wants to get to Miami. And those comments, I like the whole, you know, we're going to show some grit and, you know, we're going to ball, we're going to play hard and we're going to win. You know, that kind of thing works in the East. That's an Eastern Conference mentality. I mean, not saying you can't you can't work hard your way to the playoffs, but that that's a, that's something you can do in the East where you can work work your way hard to the championship. That's not a Western Conference thing where LeBron resides. That's not a thing here. You got Luka, you got the, the Clippers, you got the Lakers, you got uh, you still got San Antonio, you still yeah, got uh, yeah. well, all these other teams, you know. And so, of course, you know, I guess I guess you want um, your team to mesh well and play hard and you know try to be a great team. But the more I, I you know, I want to get excited about these numbers that like Victor Oladipo put up and how kind of the, the team is kind of progressing and starting to look like a solid team. The more I look at these other teams in the West and how they're really clicking and how they really got the ball rolling. And it just seems like, like I said about what Raphael, we're somewhere, we're in a position to where we can do something in the future, not now and maybe not even next year, but just somewhere in the future and it's not a it's not a win now thing. Yeah. Like most of these other teams are win now teams. Yeah. It's safe to say LeBron has complete control of the West right now. Over to the East and back to Harden. Uh, you know, in a in a post game press conference earlier this week, Harden was brutally honest. Uh you know, he said that that he didn't believe that the that Rockets roster was talented enough to bring an NBA title to Houston. Um and and it's tough to to argue that 
it, it was it was tough to argue that after those blowout losses to the Lakers. They're they were not getting past the West. Harden's not getting any younger. Um and and, and fifteen games into the season. And the Brooklyn Nets present a great situation for him to go win a championship. 15 games into this season, Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets, um, obviously realized that Kyrie Irving's unreliable and bringing Harden in to take over as the number two was the best possible trade option for them. Uh, I know Houston Rockets fans, you know, I know Charles Marcus, y'all been hearing this, you know, jumping all over Harden after the trade saying, oh, you know, he, he's come out of his fat suit in three games in <laughs> Brooklyn. Let's not get it twisted. James Harden at no point in time was ever fat this season. I'm going to get, I'm going to get Taylor to find pictures of Harden every game I mean, I watched this guy. I watched him. I watched him. Him and Katie take care of the Bucks last night. There's not many guys that have the build that James Harden does, and, and I know it's a joke in most cases. But for this to be the guy that we're going after, the guy who never misses any games, everyone's saying, "Oh, he was unconditioned going into the season." Now, I'm going to get Taylor to find a picture of James Harden every game this season, and I'm going to see if anyone can legitimately tell me if James Harden was fat at any point this season. You know, he's balling in Brooklyn now. He put up 32 against the Magic in his first game. And, and of course, the, the hate against started pouring on. Everyone's like, big deal is against an injured Magic. And then he turns around and... And and against the Bucks last time says, let me show you what I can do against the defensive player of the year in Giannis, uh, and, and dropped thirty four against the Bucks last night. Whom he doesn't like. Yeah, no, no, he doesn't. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Giannis kept him off yeah. that way. He didn't pick him last in the All Star game. Some get out of here, Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Do you really think that's a real beef, or was that just kind of play on social nah, media? No, no, I think that's. I, I think that's. I think it's become a real beef. No, no, it's real beef. I think it's and, become a real beef. And now thing. that Harden. Is in the East. It's gonna be fun. No, 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 no. Yeah, Giannis is pooping his pants like like Paul Pierce, because <laughs> uh, he wasn't even guarding KD in those lot in the lot in the fourth quarter yesterday. And and a lot of analysts predicted this. They're saying, "Oh, is Giannis gonna step? We know KD is gonna be on Giannis, but is but is Giannis gonna be on KD?" And and Giannis was standing there in the paint in the fourth quarter. James Harden picks up his own rebound with 30 seconds left, and KD drains a three. Uh, now nah, the Nets are the beasts of the East. The Nets are the beasts of the East. So, uh, do you do you like this kind of like beef in basketball, or do you like the kind of like the modern era of where everybody's kind of friends with everybody? Because I personally miss the aggressiveness when it was Isaiah Thomas versus like Michael Jordan. Like those dudes hated each other. Why don't we have that anymore? I think we we have it in some instances. Like okay, uh, they're soft as shit now. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but 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 give your point. Some of the old ones. Okay. Like you had the. Uh, Little Chris Paul Rondo thing that went on for a second. The uh, Damian Lillard and Westbrook uh, quick little beef, playoff beef. Um, what's another one? Uh, 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 KD and KD and Westbrook. Um, I mean, they're yeah, not major. Dray- Draymond versus LeBron. Yeah, was, was yeah. kind of a good one. Um, uh, but but even then, the, these guys can't play anymore like that. You know, like the 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 whistle gets called. It's just not even. It, it's not the style of play, which is fine. I love the I love the air raid in basketball too. Just throwing up threes. I'm I'm that entertains me. But you're right. We like a little of this beef. Throw a couple elbows. I'm when there's beef in the NBA, it's like playing yeah, story mode that. in 2K. Yeah, you know what I mean? That. It's really like playing story mode. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I love it. No, exactly. And, um, t- and yeah, uh, no, nah, I'm about to mention you, uh, the Nets, the Beast of the East comment. I agree with that so much. The only, the only thing is that I want to say that if Kyrie comes back, it's a wrap. If Kyrie comes back, it's a wrap. The only thing is, I don't want. Because of one injury, well, that can happen with any team. Also, one injury can also kill the kill the team. Um, their offense is unstoppable. You got James, you got Katie. Uh, really, that's enough to get to the the finals alone. Yeah, I've really, uh, I've really liked just. I know it's only just two those two games. I've really liked Harden out there with 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 only Katie. Then you got Joe Harris dropping twenty. It's flowed really well. I. I'll, they, I'll, like, troll, I'll troll Kyrie all day. He can come off the bench at six, man. Yeah, but they, they they play the line because they play no defense. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like all it takes is, 
I want to say one really good team to do so, but I don't see a team that can do that. The only team I thought maybe had a chance was the Bucks, yeah. or I thought maybe the Celtics at one point. But then, like to me, uh, side note, I think the Celtics kind of building wrong. I feel like uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. The Celtics kind of need to center uh, their build around. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and not Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum. That's I think that's the and they need a big. Yeah. They got they got Taco. <laughs> taco. I, I, yeah, I I've, I've kind of lost some 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 faith in in Brad Stevens. I used to be on his wagon quite a bit, but let's move on to some Rookie of the Year. Where we're at with that weeks into the NBA season. Um, you know, Marcus, I know you mentioned LaMelo. I can't argue with you too much here. The rookie race is going a lot like everyone thought it would. LaMelo's having a fantastic rookie campaign. He's leading all rookies in a six in assists at 6.1. Uh, and he's, he's leading rookies in rebounds at 6.7. And he's second in points at 11.5. Uh, only trailing Anthony Edwards, who's at 12.5 per game. Um, as much as I love the swagger of Anthony Edwards, who's still third as far as Rookie of the Year odds go, uh, he's at plus 800. He's trailing by uh, he, he's trailing by a substantial amount in the other rookie categories, such as assists and rebounds. Uh, personally, the player that I'm looking at right now to win and as far as where the odds stand right now is Cole Anthony at plus 1,800. Uh, he, he, he's tied for fourth in Rookie of the Year odds right now. I love Cole Anthony for this award at the beginning of the season when Vegas had him around plus 1,600. Same spot, fourth in the rankings. But the value in this pick has dropped. The Orlando Magic organization are being plagued with injuries right now, mostly big men in particular. But after Markel Fultz tore his ACL last week uh, and is out for the season, I expect Cole Anthony to have dramatic increase in minutes um, and start managing the floor for this team. That being said, Cole Anthony has a long way to go to catch LaMelo. You know, Cole Anthony is only 22% from the arc right now. I see that as a real disadvantage compared to LaMelo, who's at 33%. Uh, and Anthony is averaging around three assists compared to ball six. Uh, you know, Cole Anthony is going to have to continue to feed Vukovic, and I expect uh, all of this to happen as Anthony takes on more starting minutes. But I do understand how it's hard to pass stats if you're Cole Anthony uh, with all the talent on the Orlando Magic that's injured right now. Uh, to your point with Cole Anthony, I think I do agree with you. As his minutes increase, you could say his his game will evolve with more experience. And so, um, no, I, I can definitely ride that wave with Cole Anthony. LaMelo is looking... Super Califragilistic looks to Isabelidocious right now on the court. Uh, so I can't. You said it perfectly with Cole Anthony. As his minutes increase, I do see his game changing. And people, I remember when he was uh, before the draft, people were always um, going on about he needs. He's a guy that needs to mature a little in the league, like needing a veteran uh, to kind of follow behind. But yeah, and he really, I thought he ended up in the right spot mm-hmm. in the draft. I really think this Magic team is going to come together once they get healthy. It might be a while. The the last thing I like about kind of the position with Anthony is the Southeast Conference in uh, in the East is extremely weak. It goes the Hawks at six and seven, the Magic at the Magic at six and eight right now, the Hornets at six and eight, and the Heat at five and seven, and the Wizards, Russ and the Wizards rounding it up at three and eight. The Magic could be in this all season, so. I think those minutes increase some incentive, uh, and, and Cole Anthony's right there. Let's jump into who's hot and who's not. For me, who's hot, I got Tom Brady going to Lambeau. I have him winning this game in Lambeau this week. Uh, he's going he's gonna to tear apart a, a weak Green Bay Packers defense. It's nothing compared to what the Saints were. And then after he wins in Lambeau this week, next week we'll have the Tom versus MJ conversation if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl this year. Second on my list and recent news, George Springer just signed a six-year, $150 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. So that will end Springer's time in Houston. Goodbye, George Springer. Listen, as a biased Astros fan, it is extremely sad to see him leave, but the Toronto Blue Jays have a lot to be excited about. 
uh, coming up. Um, you know, the Biggio Bichette combination in the middle infield, and and Guerrero Jr. just lost a ton of weight. I'm really excited to see him getting out there this season. They're building their pitching. The Toronto Blue Jays are hot. Watch out for them this year. Uh, Charles, do you have any additions to who's hot? The only addition, because I uh, I was thinking Tom Brady as well. Well, actually, I want Tom Brady to win. <laughs> uh, do I think? Yeah, my faith is shaky on that one. But also on the hot list, I have James Harden uh, playing with the Nets. I, I see there's nothing they can't do with the East right now. The East is literally in the palm of their hands. Him and KD, Kyrie doesn't even have to return unless they're trying to win a ring. They can make it to the finals along with just those two superstars. And so that's who really who I've got on my my hot list. Who's on your not list? Yeah, I've got. I just. I have two today. I have twenty-one-year-old uh, rapper NBA young boy uh, is having a seventh kid with Floyd Mayweather's daughter. You know, NBA better watch his back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, uh, with with Floyd's daughter like that, and I, I was reading into this, and you know, yeah, seventh child with seventh baby mama. Uh, and you know her nickname's Yaya, and they were going through a tough time last year after Yaya was charged with murder after stabbing Young Boy's side piece with a kitchen knife. So Young Boy's funny, not funny. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Young Boy's going through a lot right now. Uh, so, but healthy seventh kid, Young Boy carry on. Hope for the best. My second one is Jarrett Porter. The uh, that's definitely on my not list. The now former. <laughs> New York Mets GM. Uh, now this story is this. Uh, I was mocking this a bit on Twitter. This story is pretty pretty uh, messed up. Jared Porter, former Nets Mets GM, uh, yeah, needs some help. According to text history obtained by ESPN, former New York Mets general manager Jared Porter sent explicit unsolicited texts and images to a female. Uh, foreign correspondent uh, who had just moved to the United States to cover Major League Baseball. And this correspondent said at one point she ignored more than 30, sorry, 60 text messages from Porter before he sent a final lewd photo. Yeah, that brother's starving. Um, yeah, and, and, and this was, yeah, he's starving. This wasn't the only time. In, in 2016, a day after asking her to meet him at a hotel in L.A., Porter sent the women 17 pictures. The first 15... Oh, this is all reported by Jeff Passan. The first 15 photos were of a hotel and its restaurant. The 16th was a bulge in his pants. And the 17th was his bare penis. So, uh, yeah, who's not? That's Jared Porter, uh, who... Uh, We'll never get an MLB job again. Yeah. Hey, listen, if he comes back, then Ludho's coming back to the Ashes. That's all I got to say. 60, 60 text messages the first round and 17, including a bulge and a penis pick. Uh, does money give you that kind of confidence? Does uh, it really? Like, does it get... Uh, is it, I, 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 I wonder is it, the same thing I don't because, know. I, I, I think because rich people do crazy it, stuff. I don't know. Do I even want that kind of confidence? Did you see the picture of the guy? He's the, a he's a funky looking dude, yeah, he man. Had, he had like a like a sports a sports coat on with like one of those workout headbands and like God. he had his he had his I don't even know how to describe. He it. He looked like a soccer dad. No, 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 no. Yeah, he he. Uh, Jared Porter obviously has some issues. I, he, he's on the he's on the cold. Who's not hot seat? No, oh, uh, but that was yeah. Hilarious. Moving on. Uh, We'll see you here back in the break room next week. It's been a great episode with Charles Carter and, and Marcus. Before we even get to that, our last because we almost forgot our last question. Um, our last question was, who do we think has the most power? I'm going to say LeBron James. Yeah, well, of course, it, it is the answer is LeBron James because the NBA is a player-driven league. LeBron's had control of three different organizations and then left them behind. Uh, it it's a visible power that he has with every stop that he makes. When he leaves the, when he leaves the Lakers, uh, it, it's a little bit of a different situation compared to his to leaving Cleveland just with their with their salary cap. But he's most likely going to leave them in a dumpster fire too. 
Um, you know, Tom Brady has he's he's played his position and he he does he does his job so well. Uh, the the you know whether it's taking cuts or or really just you know on the field. Uh, he he's been a guy who's done his job. I think that's that's where 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 people goat him as well as the six rings, which. Yeah, we'll see if LeBron catches Tom there. Um, I, I know this conversation isn't about who has more rings, but who has more power. Um, you know, LeBron's deservingly the face of the NBA and has a lot of say um, in what happens. Um, you know, last last season when the when the NBA bubble was stopped due to uh, you know the George Floyd issues, I I believe that if LeBron you know wanted to cancel the whole bubble because of it. Uh, it, it would have happened, um, and and he ultimately had the final say for for teams to get up back on the on the court and play and 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 to uh, and to support the black community in the ways that they they felt was necessary. Uh, but he ultimately did have the final say in the bubble to resume play. Uh, you know, Tom Brady doesn't have that. He, he doesn't have that power, um, and I just don't. I don't think. And Tom's generation of football, that it's even realistic to say. Uh, now, if we want to talk about goats, I mean, that's just that in my conversation, that's a different. That's a different topic. I'm looking at rings, and it's Tom Brady all day. Okay, and uh, I would have to go with uh, LeBron as well. The only thing about I would say about Tom Brady having more power, or not having more power, but I can see an argument somebody might make is that. Um, the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Bruce, yeah, Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians uh, said that sometimes he said, I think the problem, a problem that New England had that he said in an interview, I think the problem that New England had is that um, they didn't let Tom just do Tom. He said, sometimes I sit back and practice and just let him uh, run it. And I was like, did the head coach just say he let the quarterback run practice? You know, um, I think because I just, I think t- this is the first season I've ever seen Tom Brady really make some things happen. He he did some moves that LeBron does all the time. You got Robert Gronkowski to come back. You got AB, who nobody wanted, to uh, get signed by the Bucks and actually do a little work for you. You know he hasn't he hasn't uh, acted up so to speak. You know uh, uh, throughout the season, and so for the limited power that players do have in the NFL, he's definitely the number one in that you know on that you know in the list of NFL players um without a doubt and I I think that more for Tom comes with consistency and what he's done for the last 20 years and I completely agree um I I don't quite agree with Bruce I think uh I think Tom definitely had Josh and Bill in his ear over the past 20 years Mm. I think Tom shuts more shuts Bruce off in the in the headset more often than Bruce probably likes. You can just obviously tell Bruce is trying to run the ball in first and ten every play, and, and there there came a point in time uh, in, in that game last Sunday where it, it seemed like Tom turned off the mic and started airing it out a little bit. Not not to get off track here, mm. but um, not. I think you're exactly right. I think as far as you know, look at power it. it the answer is LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The, the way he added all his players to the Cavs that last year, then cleaned them all out. <laughs> Dumpster fire. See you, Dan Gilbert. Yeah, but that's gonna. That's. I think that's gonna wrap it up here on the Break Room Podcast. Uh, we'll see you in here next week, Charles Marcus. It's been a great episode. We're look, looking forward to number four next week. You can follow us at the Break Room H O U on Twitter. I'm Will Doctor Charles Carter Marcus Castillo. We'll see you next week. Catch you later, man. See you later. All the spaceship, now I'm a space cadet. Big white mansion in my habitat. Aim right at stage like a laser tag. Fuck a rich bitch, have a rich set. Smoke a lot of trees, need a weed plant. I did take a lane where the lean at. Sleeping on these jeans is a beanbag. Got red going jeans, cause I'm cool, right?